Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Ro Khan. And I'm Richard Roper, and I have a statement to make about the multiple statements Tom Brady made in response <laughs> to the statements that he was retiring. So there will be a statement forthcoming. <laughs> I like how he was playing totally coy uh, at the beginning of this whole thing. Well, it's day by day. Yeah. Really? What, isn't life day by day, Tom, especially at your age? Oh, my god. We'll talk about that. But first, let me tell you this. The digital landscape is changing rapidly, and to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. And since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design, development, e-commerce, mobile apps, digital marketing. It all drives your overall business success because they believe that today's online world is your opportunity. Get started at AmericanEagle.com today. So TB12, your Tom Brady, your goat has officially retired, Rokan. Uh-huh. It was a lot of drama, boy. It was what a roller coaster ride it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington of ESPN came out over the weekend, right, and uh-huh. said Tom Brady's retiring. They didn't say sources tell us or it could be. They're like Tom Brady's retiring. And then there was this weird, everybody's doing tributes. All of a sudden, it's the dun, da, da, ba, da, ba. It's all about his career and his legacy. Within 12 seconds of that announcement, people were yelling at each other on various sports chat shows about whether Brady's a better, you know, now they're comparing him to Serena Williams and Michael Jordan and Babe Ruth and everybody who's ever been, a, you know, the, the champion of their sport. And then uh, the Bucks are like, well, we don't hear anything about this. And Tom Brady's dad, and Tom Brady's dad is a classic get off my lawn kind of commentator he always jumps in i didn't told anything to me we don't know and then tom went on instagram and issued a statement uh two days later two or three days after the story broke that he's retiring because he wanted to retire on his own terms and you know it's interesting real because you think about the fact that tom brady announced his retirement on instagram which did not exist when he started playing the game. Wait, did the internet exist when he well, started playing telegrams. The they used to retire by <laughs> telegrams. Stop. People won't even know what that means, but you say stop after each sentence. And then you, if you watch an old Western, they're always sending a telegram. You know, Ross McCown and the bad guys are heading into town. Stop. 100 silver coins for their immediate capture. Stop. Hide the women and children. Stop. All right, so okay, we, so, so what we have retired. is we have a retirement yes. that was an official retirement. And I love this. There was some speculation that it was going to be a retirement like a Jordan retirement. I think it wasn't it uh, Chris Collinsworth who said he wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden Tom Brady decided in two years he's going to come back. Is Chris Collinsworth <laughs> on crack First of all, you realize, he knows, he gets it, he played in the NFL, how much work goes into it. And I kind of like what Tom Brady said here. Yeah. And I've come a long way. I've done a 180-degree turn on Tom Brady. I hated Tom Brady forever. Mm. I was sick and tired of all the women telling me how hot he was and how yeah. he's the greatest quarterback of all time. It's like, you don't even watch football! You don't know! <laughs> but he really is. I think, you know, once yeah. he won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, you're like, there's no denying this. Even though the last Super Bowl with, with New England was a big deal. He's he's just too perfect. And I guess, you know, I'm not. And I, I don't I don't. Yeah, and are. I get all that. And then, you know, the first Instagram uh, statement of retirement. And he talks about that. And I love when people go, oh, thanks a lot, Giselle. I'm like, shut up. This isn't your actual family. You know, they're like, oh, his <laughs> wife's getting involved. And, and those kids are growing up. How dare they? You right, know? right. Uh, but he didn't mention the Patriots or specifically Bill Belichick in his initial statement or the Patriots fans. He was thanking everybody, like the guy in Tampa who sold me that taco out of the truck, you know, near the stadium. Everybody for, from just a couple of years with the with the Buccaneers. 
And then he later issued, you know, love you forever, Patriots fans and everything. Sure. But again, I'm but like to the fans though, right? Because yeah, he's, he's still not on he, great terms, I guess. No, with uh, Robert Kraft and the ownership and the and the the Belichick. Why wouldn't you keep the guy? Is the argument right? You know, like that's the argument that Aaron Rodgers is using about himself, and that's what Tom Brady was using about himself. Like, I brought you all of this stuff. I'm still gonna play. And dude, I got another Super Bowl win in me. Well, and this happens all the time with superstar athletes who are surprised. That it's only at the very end of their career that they get treated like all the other athletes get treated throughout their entire careers. They get traded, they get released, they get cut, they get screwed over. Yeah. But if you're the franchise, it doesn't happen. Then all of a sudden, it happened with the Bulls. The Bulls probably had one more championship in them, but Jerry Krause was not going to let that happen. He was not going to bring Phil Jackson back as a coach. We saw all that in the last dance. Uh, we we saw that with Tom Brady. They brought in Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because Bel Belichick was like, eh, you know, he's an organization. You know, and listen, all the coaches think they're responsible for the championships, and all the players say, "Well, they have to have someone tell us when to go in the game." You know, they don't—they never give the coaches <laughs> right, all the credit in the world. Right. Well, but you know, they get offended by that. And Aaron Rodgers, same thing. You know, they—they—they yep. they, uh, they draft a quarterback in the first round when he needs all sorts of help, either in the backfield or another receiver or somebody on the defensive front. They're like, "Oh, we're going to get that kid from Oregon. We're going to draft him." So they take it very personally. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, they they took him all this way, and Tom Brady did <laughs> did provide another Super Bowl, right? So you got to give it to him, and he did it with a team, even though you know he he got his buddies to come over with him. Uh, it he did it with a team that probably would not have been able to do it without no, him. No, even when he came to the team, Bruce Arians, the coach, talked to him and said, "Well, we're not going to get there the first year, but we might be a Super Bowl contender year too." which was this year. It took everybody by surprise. They started off, you know, that first year with Brady where it didn't even look like they were going to make the playoffs. And then he just wins. And you're right. The debate about whether it was the system right. or Brady or anything ends when he goes to another team, never played with before, different conference, everything different, and leads them to not just the Super Bowl, but a victory over Patrick Mahomes. Right. You know, who was one of the year parents. So, I think all that argument, all that nonsense, and listen, you know, they're eventually going to have a statue of him outside of whatever they're calling uh, the Patriots Stadium down the road. Some people are saying oh, he might do that one-day contract thing so he can retire a Patriot. I mean, when he gets elected to the Hall of Fame, it's going to be as a Patriot, mostly. Right. But, you know, it's not the same as in baseball where they put the cap on the guy, right, of, of the team they have to choose. It's like they'll note that he played all those years with the Patriots and a couple of years with the Buccaneers. Well, you know, like Joe Namath is always going to be a Jet, even though he ended his career with an, an interception to Chicago Bears safety Gary Fensick. Huh. Was the last pass he ever threw in the NFL was caught <laughs> by a Chicago Bear. In, it was at the Rams, right? I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter. A lot of these guys, Favre ended up on a couple of different teams, yeah. Vikings and the, the Jets, Jets, where he really right? showed his stuff, supposedly, <laughs> allegedly. Uh, and, and McMahon, Jim McMahon of the Bears ended up, you know, all all through right. history, there's been that last year or two with some other team because right. a lot of these guys, Michael Jordan with the Wizards, because a lot of these guys, the great athletes, they still want to squeeze out one or two more years. And I think Brady, as you mentioned, he is a remarkable specimen, but he did that all with the help of a, you know his training staff and his, his personal regimen. He came into the league, what, in the sixth round? He was not right. this sculpted from marble athlete. So I think he recognizes, he knows, even if we had one of his best years, that maybe the release time isn't quite there anymore. Maybe the desire 
because you have to start training for the next season the day after this season ends pretty much. He said that. It's, yeah. It is about the desire to win a championship starts immediately. It starts with an incredible regimen of personal behavior. Yeah. It, it is time you know, to, for him to stop and go, hey, you know, smell the roses. He has this amazing portfolio of wins. He's got the beautiful supermodel wife. He's got the kids growing up. He's got everything he wants in life. And he will be a pitch man, as Joe Namath was, forever after that. Anything he wants to do. And he does. But he probably, does he want to do? But what does he no, want to do? That's I, a question. I think, I think bigger things. I think he's more in the ambition of a John Elway or an Irvin Magic Johnson where he's going to want to own more things and probably yeah. eventually have a, a stake in ownership in a team. If not, not if the not, booth. It's not no. because everybody's like always going into the booth because there's going to no. be shuffling here in the off season. Yeah, Troy Troy Aikman leaving Fox, we know, and some other. But no, he doesn't want to do the booth. It's I, beneath know. him, isn't it? Yeah, I just yeah. Well, and, and and again, and people might not realize this, but it takes a big commitment. You know, they're they're on a game for a week and meeting with players and meeting with coaches and going over stuff so that when the game is being broadcast, they can speak with a particular expertise about the matchups in that game, the injuries and everything. It's a full week. You know, Tom Brady's, he's not going to Minneapolis on a Tuesday to meet with Kirk Cousins and, you <laughs> right. know, and say, I had a chance to sit down with, you know, whoever. And then, the coach is going yeah, to be. And then go yeah. to the Mall of America, which is on the kids. And then the yeah. next day, you know, he's not that guy. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, though, as as we were just digesting uh, the the Brady news row is this uh, a, a, a news story that's actually going to have much more resonance. We always knew that Tom Brady was going to retire one day. It's not his retirement day we're going to remember. It's his great career. But we have this lawsuit, Brian Flores, who was fired as coach of the Dolphins last month, and then he interviewed for several jobs but didn't get any, and he has sued the NFL and all the teams alleging they have discriminated against him and other black coaches in their hiring. And this is pretty remarkable stuff. Well, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. Because there are a few things in here that he alleges, if proven to be true, yeah. will put the NFL in such disdain. And actually, as a business, as gambling has begun to be a talked-about endorsed fully a part of the whole conversation on you know the fox shows and the espn shows and the cbs shows mm -hmm. uh-oh if they're literally yeah. intentionally blowing games well this is one and this is one of the things he alleges that while coaches because a lot of people are like why did they fire him he had two winning seasons with the dolphins but the first year uh According to the lawsuit, the owner of the Dolphins offered him, Flores, $100,000 per loss at the end of the season if he would tank games, three different games, so that they could move up maybe and get the top pick in the draft. And, of course, he refused to do it. And the allegations are he was doomed eventually because of that. Now, if that's really true, I don't know how the Dolphins' owner even gets to keep the team. If you're ordering or offering a coach a hundred grand to tank, which means you're putting the careers of players in jeopardy, you're making decisions that could impact, as you just mentioned – Gambling. Imagine if the sports books knew that the Dolphins coach was in on this. And then the other thing is the coaching job for the New York Giants. And Bill Belichick, Patriots coach who once uh, Flores once worked for, uh, sent Flores a text basically congratulating for winning the Giants job, which he had yet to interview for. 
And Flores kind of figured out something might be wrong and said, did you mean this for Brian DeBall, who did get the job, who's white, did get the job? And then Belichick wrote back, allegedly, I think they are naming DeBall. I'm sorry about that. So it sounds like he made an act. He accidentally texted Flores saying, looks like you're getting the job. Right, because he knew and that DeBall was getting the job. It was the wrong Bri- Coach Brian in Belichick's Rolodex, his, his phone Rolodex. Right. And so, and so what, what Flores is saying, if all of this bears out to be true, Ro, is that even before he was brought in to interview for the job, they knew they were picking the other guy. Right. And they were just going through the motions, and that would be a huge problem. Giants are saying, no, 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 no. He was a candidate to the 11th hour. We hadn't made that decision. So, you know, Belichick could say, well, I just heard stuff. You know, I don't know if there's enough there. But, it, but you also know that Belichick is yelling at somebody, either in his family or his coaching staff, about his damn phone. Like, you know, he's that guy. You know that. I mean, you look at Brian Belichick and you go, this guy dresses like he's in Lord of the Rings. He does not know how to use a computer. There's a broken phone somewhere, you know. There, now no one can see it. I broke the phone. (laughs) Okay, well, let me uh, speculate about something else here, Mm -hmm. too. How much of a insider job is it that, Belichick would know who the head coach of one yeah, of his exactly right. rival teams is going to be. Yeah, right? even that raises questions. I, I think you know Belichick can come out whenever he has to in this, whether it's a deposition or whatever the case may be, and say, I, I had heard some stories that Brian Duvall was getting the job. I didn't have any inside knowledge. I accidentally texted. It's a curb your enthusiasm plot, by the way. It wasn't <laughs> the accidental text on purpose. Uh, but you know this this is going to have ramifications. But you just bro. brought something up that's very important. Yeah, the the whole legal side of this is there are going to be depositions. People are going to have to testify under oath. Yeah. in this case, now are they going to try to make a gigantic offer to Flores to drop this suit because there's way too much at stake, which also means that if it came out here, it's there. It'll come out somewhere else. Yeah, as it did with the Gruden emails, where the uh, and things involving the Washington football team. Uh, you know, and the, the other thing is, a lot of people are saying, "Well, you know, the one thing Brian Flores probably did was sealed his fate to never get hired in the NFL again." And you say, "Oh my God, they wouldn't be so petty and discriminatory." And then you say, "Well, Colin Kaepernick." So you wonder if he's blown the shot. And he says that in his statement, Brian Flores. I realize this could be the end of my career, but I have to speak the truth. We'll see how this all plays out. But that truth has the potential to take down the NFL. Could could have widespread implications. Yes, and and you're thinking, oh, well, the NFL is too big to fail. No, it is not. Because if it turns out that there is a systemic way of fixing games in the NFL, this is one of the great fears of moving the – all of the gambling legislation that has been moved to make it okay in states for gambling on in-state games. They just just made it okay to gamble in-state in Illinois on college athletics within the state of Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Right? So... That's and that's a lot of you know a lot of states have that because they didn't want to get the kids necessarily you know under pressure from people who have gambling interests you know some you know big guy shows up and goes hey you know you maybe have to miss a field goal that would help us well and you make a good point too Ro because especially in college athletics even at the you know whatever they call it, Division One top level now 
if you can get to one or two players, and it happened at uh, Arizona State in the early 90s, not that long ago, and not for that much money, and get to one or two, you get to a point guard, and you say, listen, you can, only got it, you can win by seven or less, but you're favored by 15, it can happen. And you don't want that integrity uh, compromised. And certainly with the NFL right now, because you, you can bet live in game. And, you know, there's already right. these concerns, like some player in the locker room is going to go like, well, we're down by 22 anyway. You know, what do I care? You know, it, 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 I, we hope it doesn't come to that. But this this lawsuit today really opens a Pandora's box. Right. So this idea that Brian Flores can take down the NFL or they'll hold him out I think it's over. The Kaepernick thing, everybody was suspicious about. Like, well, why, you know, what's – the guy still has skills. They're still talking about it today that he has skills to come back in the NFL. Well, we know that that's probably not true. 10 years younger than Tom Brady. But, no, he's, <laughs> yeah. I think Colin has, has moved on and has become a great social leader. Uh, the thing with Kaepernick uh, was, you know, some people were – they'd go through his stats and say, well, he, you know, he wasn't, you know, a top-tier quarterback. That could be debated. But it was every time they would bring some white guy out of retirement – who was like coaching a peewee football league team <laughs> in right. Western Texas. Yeah, no, that's true. Imagine when I got the call from the, <laughs> right. you know, and then all of a sudden he'd be on the sidelines. Yeah. And they'd show his career and it'd be like 37 games started, 14 touchdowns, 47 interceptions, you know, QBR of nothing. That was the problem. They kept finding these guys. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, true. and throwing them out there for a game. Well, and the NFL has multiple constituencies it's so big it has a lot of different places it's trying to feed and this also ends up with and this also ends at the door of the nfl commissioner and he's going to have to make some very 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 tough decisions and he has made decisions along the way like all the stuff about colin kaepernick and saying oh no 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 that is this is nothing to do with the black lives matter it has nothing to do mm. it this is you know the nfl is bigger than this well i think we're about to find out which emperor has what clothes on well now that tom brady is looking for work maybe he can host the oscars uh, because the nominations are coming next week and they still haven't told us who's going to host it's very, very interesting transition. Thank you. Yeah, may I tell you about Portillo's first? Portillo's are known for their famous Chicago hot dogs with all the freshest and tastiest ingredients, right down to the poppy seed bun and, of course, their legendary chocolate cake. But that's just the beginning, my friends. The menu has mouthwatering varieties of favorites. From a charbroiled burger to an Italian beef to a mm-hmm. cheese fry to a chopped salad and the chocolate cake. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are a fan of this podcast or heard any other episode of this, you know how I feel about the chocolate cake. It's the mm-hmm. greatest chocolate cake in the history of chocolate or cake. Portillo's also has locations throughout the Midwest and in Florida, California, and Arizona. Order curbside pickup or delivery today. Ship Portillo's anywhere in the United States of America by ordering at portillos.com. That's P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. Welcome. And most importantly, congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated tonight. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I'm excited. I've never been to the Oscars before. This is my first time here. And the way you people go through a host is probably my last time here. So 
I'm going to enjoy this while I'm here. This broadcast is being watched live by millions of Americans and around the world in more than 225 countries that now hate us. And I think that is an amazing thing. There's Jimmy Kimmel from when the Oscars were the Oscars. And they had hosts and guests and red carpets and everything. Now, believe it or not, Ro, the Oscars, as we speak here, uh, we've just hit February. Mm -hmm. uh, the Oscar nominations are going to be uh, next week. They will be announced, and we're going to have a special Academy Awards ah. uh, screen time special where we'll go through all the nominations, the surprises. It is an interesting year. It's the usual thing, too, where we're going to see the blockbusters versus the artsy film. And we'll get the usual argument about why most people haven't seen the nominees and why didn't Spider-Man No Way Home get 5,000 nominations. I think it will get some, but we'll talk about all of that now next week. It was a great movie. Spider-Man? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you know, and listen, uh, Black Panther was nominated for a Best Picture. You could see a nomination for Best Picture. It won't win, but you know, it'll get some nominations in, in various categories. There are there are tons of great films and, and great performances that will be rewarded with nominations next week. But in the meantime, yes. uh, we're getting some information about the 2022 Oscars. Now, if you'll recall, th this seems like it was so long ago, Ro, but it was just last year. Remember, they held it at Union Station yes. in downtown Los Angeles. Oh, God, it was awful. With a sparse crowd, and then there were some some Brits across the pond and some Irish and a few others, right, right. doing their own thing. And it was a disaster. It oh. just didn't work. And they had different people kind of you know, doing introductions. And then they would turn to a nominee and say, like, you know, Sir Higginbotham Lockentoff, you <laughs> you blew our minds away forever with your interpretive performance as the old man raging against the light in Pompous Ass to yeah, whatever. That's a fictional rendition of it. It was uh, awful. I, mean, it was, yeah, it, I never it, knew it where it was. It yeah, you know, it, it was really kind of a mess. It was the most disorienting television show I've ever seen. And it's put together by filmmakers whose entire job is to keep you oriented to what's happening. I didn't know yeah. where I was looking. I didn't know who was there. Is it, and I kept thinking, you know, why is the one actress there? Is she in Los Angeles or is she in London? And she kept moving back and forth. Yeah. I don't know. The whole, the, and the then whole some thing. Pe some of them were just having, like, the like I think Aaron Sorkin just had the trial of Chicago 7, everybody from the courtroom at his house to watch right. it, you know? Yeah. So you're like, where are we now? And it ended on a particularly uh, jarring note because everybody said Chadwick Boseman was going to posthumously be awarded the Best Actor Oscar. And it went to Anthony Hopkins, who at that point apparently had gone to bed because it was the middle of the night, middle of the morning. <laughs> right, he didn't care. Right. And they just sort of cut off the broadcast. And then the next morning, you know, Sir Anthony was in a field somewhere thanking everybody. Very gracious speech. So w here's what we do know, Ro. They're going to be back at the Dolby Theater... That's the one you've seen for basically the last 20 years. Right. The These original Kodak Theater. Kodak Theater. And we didn't need Kodak Film anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's that's right there in, in Hollywood. Um, they're going to do full red carpet, inane questions from various uh, interviewers, including myself, who used to do it. I won't be there this year. Thank you, God. Uh, but they're going to do, they're, they're planning to do the whole thing. So they're going to have the march down the red carpet. And I'm sure they're going to have, like, you know, controversies over, look at all those elites getting together and they're, gas-guzzling limos, uh, and then taking their masks off to talk about themselves, oh Rokan. God. I know. Everybody's got a complaint. Everybody has their horse that they wish to beat to death whenever this happens. And by the way, you can't say that anymore either because there's a whole group upset about that, <laughs> just that aphorism. Yeah. All right, but 
<laughs> all right. When we see these celebrities on the red carpet, mm-hmm. will they have bedazzled masks? Some will, I guarantee you. Yeah, even yeah. if even if by the time we hit hit even if by the time we hit this thing, which will be in late March, I'm assuming. Yes. All right. There will be maybe a pause in the pandemic or an endemic or whatever it's going to be. That's going to be the whole deal too. Everybody will be discussing their mask. Oh, isn't it so great that we're all able to be here? But my mask is Givenchy. Well, well, as you mentioned too, um, there's going to be there are going to be more people than usual that aren't going to be able to attend because they're going to be filming in countries where they won't be able to get in. There will be uh, quarantines. At the, uh, March 27th, by the way, is the official date for folks. But, you know, they're good. So you're going to have some MIA nominees, you know, and I think for some actors, it's it's a great excuse if they don't dig going to these ceremonies or if you know you're not going to win, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in, I'm in Brisbane on location <laughs> and I won't be able to attend. Yeah. So uh, the other thing, is, of course, they're talking about a host. And I think the consensus is we're not going to have that single Johnny Carson Jimmy Kimmel, solo host that they had for so many years. Chris Rock, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, that they'll do a group. You know, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Maya Rudolph have been mentioned. I I don't know if it's to their advantage. They've been so great, especially uh, Tina and Amy when they've co-hosted various award shows. And, you know, if you don't have the full setting and all the faces of the celebrities that you can make fun of, Right. right? And, and it's a little bit downbeat. The other one that I think is interesting is they're mentioning uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez because they were so great in Only Murders in the Building, the, the limited series. Yeah. And Steve Martin and Martin Short are geniuses, but Selena brings in the next generation, and she was really good with them on the show. I think they'll just do rotating celebs, and they might end up, you know, you know Pauly Shore might be the only one that'll do it. You know, we don't know at this point. <laughs> well, all right, so what is the fear now? Do you think if you're doing rotating celebrities yeah, uh, and you're doing just introductions and something snappy to say that's yeah. been written for them weeks ago and might be updated by the frantic writer backstage, yeah, who could get hurt here? Well, I think the, the biggest concern is, is on the part of the celebrities in their camps saying, I have so much to lose if I get announced as host and then someone digs up something I wrote in a high school yearbook in the 70s or tweeted in 2009, or something from my routine, you know, that I'm going to get canceled. Just when you get announced, there's a new round of digging. Or that you'll say something that night that will somehow offend someone, and it's not worth it for you to have. I don't know if there's that much prestige anymore in hosting. I have the the solution. All right. The masked host. Ah! We don't know who they are. fantastic. You have to guess who they are. They all kind of get up there. It's a nice way to... Blend all of popular culture together. Yeah. And you get, like, what is that? Ken Jung and uh, Jenny McCarthy. Is right. that their show? Right. And yeah. you know what I love about that show? And I don't, I don't, I, I recognize that it's successful, so God love them. But whoever, whenever it's the mass singer, it's a celebrity, it's, they always do stuff like, oh, well, you know, do we really know that Prince died? Could you be Bruce Springsteen? They use, they, they invoke the biggest name, and it's never them. They're like, you know, I wonder if Celine Dion has taken on a new... And then, it, and then it turns out to be a guy from the Oak Ridge Boys or something. You know, and they're like, oh! So we, we don't oh, know man. yet. The fact that we don't know yet, because as you know in the past, we've talked to a couple of different people, Billy Crystal, Jimmy Kimmel, who have been hosts of the Academy Awards, right. and they talk about the fact that it's about three months' worth of preparation and work for the moment, you know, working on jokes, updating them. Maybe you're going to do some filmed bits. We're not even... We're fewer than 
what, eight weeks away from the Oscars, and they haven't named a host yet. So it's, I think it's going to be some light lifting. You know, and the, the final note, so to speak, I'll leave you with is uh, someone asked uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda if he would do it. And he actually said he'd been asked several times and wisely noted that his skill set is not at all what you'd want for hosting an award show. Right. He's he's a great performer, writer, composer. You know, he puts on Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award winning plays and great movies. So what would you have him do? Come out there and do a, a parody of one of his own, you know, a Hamilton parody? Yeah. Introducing because I'm all not the, doing that. All the best films of the year, all in one song. Yeah. I mean, I just can't believe that we still find ourselves after everything we have been through as a culture, as a people, as a society. I should say, really, yeah. In the last two years, that with you know somebody writing something in their high school yearbook or saying something completely inappropriate to today but 20 years ago nobody gave a shit yeah how that is still a priority for anybody i mean literally we got to worry about whether grandpa's gonna get the rona right that's what we we're still concerned about i do think that you know we're not at the white hot red hot center of cancel culture from a couple of years ago when you know the likes of Kevin Hart all of a sudden was like, oh, I'm not hosting the Oscars because of jokes he had made. You know, I think it's a little less stringent and strident because of what you're saying, because there are bigger things. There are always were to worry about. Right. But I still understand why a lot of pe- a lot of celebrities are like, what is the upside? The ratings aren't what they used to be. It's still one of the highest rated shows on television. People say, oh, the ratings are down. I'm like, well, unless you're the NFL, you know, yeah, well, pretty well. much, you know, the that's a whole we've talked about how ratings aren't what they you know it's never going to be the titanic level ratings because there are now five thousand choices on the night of the academy awards all right it's an honor just to be nominated ro don't forget that. right we wish all the best to tina fey and amy poehler and oh i was gonna say aziz i'm sorry but he can't make it the Rowan Rover Podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service global digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, digital marketing services, and so much more. Go to AmericanEagle.com for more information. Our executive producers are Tim Alanius and Renee Nelson and our long-suffering producer and production director, Demita Menezes. We'll see you next time.